Oh, uh, you didn't edit out the <laughs> pale snoring that one episode? <laughs> did I fall asleep on, that, on an episode? You yes! did. Oh, God. Which one? Uh, I don't remember. I like cut the it last out. Time well, we you yawned like 500 oh, times in that. The last time you were with me at my house, it was... <gasps> <sighs> in the microphone. <laughs> oh, that yes, at yes. your house. Yes, I my eyes were closed. Yeah, you for were out for a while, quite a bit that one night. This is a detail podcast. Long ago, in the beautiful kingdom of Hapru, surrounded by mountains or barley and fields of wheat, legends told of a golden ale that resided in a hidden land. Many people aggressively sought to enter the hidden golden land, but no one ever returned. One day, evil power began to flow from the golden land, so the king commanded seven geeks to seal the gate to the land of the golden ale. That seal should have remained for all time. But when these events were obscured by the mists of time and became legend, a mysterious wizard known as Athanum came to Hapruel to release the seal. He eliminated the good king of Hapruel. Through evil magic, he began to make descendants of the seven geeks vanish, one after another. And the time of destiny for Princess Zelda IPA is drawing near. This week, the year of Zelda continues with a link to the past and Link's awakening. Hello and welcome to Drinking Geek Out, a show where we drink beer and geek out. I'm your host, Dustin, the Duke, and alongside me is Saf, the Wizard, and with me is Keith, the Knight, and with me is Pale, the Lost Princess Boy. (laughs) (laughs) Princess Pale. Princess Pale. I think I've said that before, I swear. Yeah. It's an ongoing, it's a reoccurring character. (laughs) (laughs) All right. In today's episode, we are featuring Paradise in the Pacific from Dot and Line and Wizard Treats from Beer. And we might have a little extra bonus beer just because we need to get it out of our fridge. So (laughs) we're just going to probably drink it on while we're doing the thing. Um, You mentioned it scores towards the end or something yeah probably um as a little bit update to the introduction the link's awakening that we're going to be discussing is going to be the reboot on the switch there's a lot of correlations between the two and the 1993 version on game boy uh but it is um the the switch version of that one and this was originally going to be just a Link's Awakening episode, but then I realized it's the 30th anniversary of A Link to the Past as of like last week or two weeks ago, maybe since this is being released. But I thought it was nice to just toss that in there. We'll t- discuss both for about 15 minutes or so. But um, yeah, that's why we're doing a double up episode or whatever. Uh, and so on to the beers. We'll start with the dot line, if you guys don't mind. Sure thing. We have, as Dustin just mentioned, the Paradise in the Pacific from Dot and Line Brewing Company. It is an IPA, an Imperial Double New England Hazy. The description just says Hazy Dippa, so double IPA, and it comes in at 8.3% ABV. So it's a bit of a heavy hitter here. And no IBUs. So not much of a description, but... It's a hazy double IPA. There's nothing fancy about it. 
no fancy write-up about being in a tropical land as you sip on this beer <laughs> and escape in a tropical paradise. Let's just type that in. I just did. I just <laughs> read it. So <laughs> There's a little bit on the can I can mention. The hops are Muteka, Mutir, and Wakatu. Grain, two-row, flaked oats, and chit. And what? a... <laughs> <laughs> At uh, A38 Juice East, which is, I've never heard of any of that stuff, except for two-row yeah. flaked oats. I've heard of chit only because of hops and shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh-huh. Well, speaking of the can, Pale, what do you got? You want to describe it? Sure. Uh, it looks like a beautiful piece of artwork. Uh looks like it's on an island, possibly in Hawaii. <laughs> Yeah, it looks ex- almost identical to the Link's Awakening cover. Perfect. Oh, is there an egg up there? <laughs> I guess almost, that's what it looks like, but it's like a snow-capped mountain. Yeah. <laughs> it does look like that egg. Beautiful sky, like blue and like pink clouds, like as if the sun were setting and giving off that pink like glow on the clouds. Mm-hmm. Nice mountain side. Bunch of palm trees, a little bit of a lake or pond, I guess. I like it a yeah. lot. Yeah, it's really nice. It's well done. Yeah. It kind of looks like some uh, Bob Ross mm-hmm. oh, landscape. Yes. <laughs> Painting with a bunch it's of happy, happy trees. Happy tree. there. There's a lot of happy, happy trees, trees here. <laughs> yeah, another good label here by Dot and Line. As mm-hmm. expected, because that's what they do. I like the font, too. It looks familiar, like uh, from some movie. Yeah, you're right. It does kind of look familiar. I don't know. Like King Kong or something. Like the classic King Kong. Uh, possibly. Classic Kong. All right. What about the color pale? Do you have a better camera than me, I'm sure? Um, see, that's what I got. Looks kind of pale. It's very hazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty light. Um... A light orange gold. Yeah, like uh, maybe a Tails Tails or Star Fox fur. Yeah. What do you think about one of those? Yeah, I like Tails Tails. Tails Tails? Okay. That's a good one. From what I'm looking at. Video game related. Tails Tails. Almost like a Mm. golden Triforce color, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) What do you got on? It's the golden ale from the intro. It is. Found in paradise. (laughs) What sniffs you got, Pale? Ooh, citrus. It's that hazy New England smell for sure. Mm-hmm. A bit of hops. Uh, hot, yeah. Citrusy hops. A lot of orange and lemon. Smell any chit? <laughs> <laughs> Got a nose What's full of that chit. Like? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try it. Yeah. I was going to let you figure out what you wanted to say about the beer while I tell you that there are 65 ratings out of, and uh, 76 total uh, check-ins, and there's an average of 3.87. Friends that I have, I do not have any of those that checked in this beer, which is not surprising with only 65 people checking it in. If one of you two didn't check it in, then obviously Oop. <laughs> I'm not going to have a friend that did. I'm one of the top ones here sean l a fantastic n-e-i-p-a fresh tropical fruit and creamy gave it a four 
Robert N. This is a tasty hazy for sure. Very smooth with a full mouth feel. One of my top hazy beers. Thanks, Sean L., who I just mentioned, for the share. And this person gave it a four and a half. You liked it more than Sean did. Mm-hmm. Their beers are different colors based on the pictures. It's weird. Uh, Chris A. is drinking this there, and he says, Drinking eight times glasses of water a day, as per medical recommendations, requires real effort. Drinking eight times alcoholic ni- drinks on a night out with friends takes no effort at all. Crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. We can all attest to that Even from up. just a <laughs> recent experience. <laughs> Uh, four and a quarter for that guy. Uh, Chris A, it's all <laughs> shits and giggles until somebody giggles and shits. I just saw that. That was the same. 4.25. That was the same guy that I just oh. read. I thought it, it was. must have been after the eighth beer. Uh-huh. <laughs> it must have been. I got uh, Stout B. It said creamy and somewhat sweet Dippa Crusher. Give it a three and a half. Wesley? He's drinking a Wesley? From the... Star Trek? Yeah. The awkward oh. silence has made me feel bad. I was trying to find his what it said and reread it because I was like, did he say Wesley in it? Oh, no. <laughs> no. No, he did not say... He did not add a Will Wheaton to his... <laughs> or or a Dr. Crusher. Nope. Deepa. Crusher. Uh, Rodney W says that's a nice and smooth. Thanks, Jones. I don't know who Jones is, but he gave it a four and a quarter. Doctor Jones. <laughs> Doctor Jones. Pale, are you checking in or are you looking at things? He's reading. The uh, oh, I was reading check-ins. Doing his Hill. job. <laughs> we'll read the check-ins <laughs> when they do their beer because we're not actually drinking it. <laughs> it's only been the seventeenth episode we've been doing this. <laughs> 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 or however many episodes. We've only been doing it for a year and a half this way. This is why we have two-hour episodes. <laughs> the wait for Dead Pale to actually taste it. Because <laughs> I wanted you to check in first so you don't repeat me. But I'll... Why? Because I don't know what to say. <laughs> That's why he's reading these other check-ins. I tried to get oh, this one. I, I was in the middle of so writing mine and Saf, as you were reading that first guys, I'm like, yeah, I got to put that in. Yep, I hear that. Oh, I yep, hear that. Yep, that's like, yep, yep, he nailed it. <laughs> well, I'll, there wasn't too many more. So I'll go, yeah, ahead go ahead and start. Uh, pale, since you're still typing. I put super citrusy and hoppy with a with creamy notes. Oh, that's a typo. With creamy notes, too. Uh, <laughs> definitely a full mouthfeel. Stealing that from you, Pale. Uh, but it goes down smooth. As I put, like, drinking in a tropical paradise. Um, now I'm not a huge fan of these IPAs, but I love the haziness. Um, and I'm, I'm not really kidding when I say creamy. I mean, look at the glass. It's the head and everything else that stays on this. Um, it's just, wow. It's really smooth. It's sweet. I love the tropical flavors. It really drowns out a lot of the, the hops for it being a, a dipper. Um, and at 8.3%, I mean, this is going down pretty smooth, um, very easily. As I take one more sip there. And I gave it a 4.25. Um, so it's still a little bit hoppy for my taste, but I really like the the thickness of it. Um, the juiciness and the creaminess really stands out. So it saves it for me. So 4.25. Your turn, Pale. 
Oh, no. You better be ready. Unless you want me to ramble, I can ramble. No, I got, um, I went four and a half on this. Uh, I said a great blend of hops that all show up very well. Not too citrusy or boozy, which is nice. Creamy and very well done. So, uh, I, yeah, I, um, drinking this, I takes me back to like the 450 days where we were kind of fans of them and then they kind of, but well, a lot of those they beers, spit, they spit in our drinks. They spit, <laughs> they spit and they made our cans blow up. We were fans and they spit right all over us. Yeah. Because they, uh, they they gave us water and juice. They didn't give us alcohol. Right. Now they released 13 cans at one time, and only one of them is an actual beer. The rest are all <laughs> slushies and slurpees. Yep. But back then, even, like, I thought they, with all their hazies, they just, like, pushed it. Like, the the amount of hops and amount of, like, lactose and all that stuff, they just, like, push it to the max. And this one, it's just, it's just enough like citrus and creaminess and booziness, all the good stuff that um, I, I could, it's pretty crushable too. I could yeah. drink multiples of these. Sure. Um, um, yeah. I like it a lot. I, I'm very dis- disappointed. I mean, pale and I should probably save one of these so that you guys can taste it. Cause I know IPAs are, are more your thing. Um, if, if I'm pretty sold on this and how good I think it is, I'm very curious to see what you guys would think. Of this beer. I probably love it. Hopefully they keep making it. I hope so. I hope it's in a, a rotation of they do it every year. And that uh, 8.3 ABV, does that come no. through at all? With the, yeah. Of, no, not yeah, really. With the citrus and the creaminess, definitely it, it hides it. As Pale said, it's a, it's a bit crushable. It goes down really good. How does this? What about the? I was gonna say, how does this line up to the the Island Crusher, the the one that cruiser. you the cruiser, yeah, the one you got you had from them uh, last summer. Um, I think? The Island Cruiser, I was not a fan of. That was more of a traditional West Coast style. This one is definitely more the the creamy, hazy, more tropical. It, it blends a little bit better. Yeah, I like this one better. Yeah, because of the the, the creaminess. Yeah, it just kind of reminded me of it based on the like the the label, mm-hmm. but it could just be a yeah. downline label thing. But that was the first thing I thought of when I saw that. I was like, "Oh, that's a oh, that's no, not that beer." Okay, cool. Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. It is very similar in design, but yeah, this is more the hazy version. So, how many IBUs would you say are in that glass? I don't know. Do we have a magical list? It's pretty, it's up there, pretty high. I think. Probably fifty to sixty. Really, is really? that bitter? I, well, I, I, from the first, like, I, you get a lot of bitterness in the front, up front. I mean, it depends on the sip. I, like. I mean, I was shaking the can, but, the, like, the last sip I just took was a lot hoppier than the other sips that I had. So, I, mean, I guess it depends mm. if you get a mouthful of hops or not. But I wouldn't go 50. I'd say 30, <laughs> around 30-something. 30 I mean, we got... Okay. It, it, it probably varies. Christmas coming up, we can go with Miracle on 34th Street. <laughs> 34 works for me sure that works i think we haven't had too many 34s i don't think we, i don't remember ever using that 
All right. To cut you guys off, because it seems like you're taking your sweet time talking, <laughs> <laughs> flapping your gams. Sorry. I'm halfway. I'm halfway. Th- I'm halfway my legs drinking my beer, so I need to hurry up and talk about uh, this. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to drink mine fast so I could make room for another beer. I know. It's like, oh, we need we need beer for this, but I actually need to talk about it. Yep. All right. So we have the beer brewery company's Wizard Treats. Uh, not to be confused with Wizard Tears, which I thought I bought, <laughs> but that was not the case. Uh, this one is a they are they are related though they, yeah they are based on this description part of the same like family of beers. Uh, this is a wheat beer. It's considered an American wheat beer. Five percent ABVs and twenty two IBUs, and it's the twenty two. Oh wait a minute, we changed it because oh let's get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, getting tired of saying twenty one or twenty two Jump Street. So this one is now a new one. Uh, the Catch Twenty Two which uh, is a reference to, I guess, a book, but also uh, Tina Fey's number in the Soul, or the movie Soul, which is a good film, by the way. It is pretty good, yes. A big fan. I watched it when it first came out. Absolutely wonderful. Uh, Untap says, an American pale wheat beer brewed to lure wizards out of hiding so that they may start collecting tears for the Wizards Tears IPA. (laughs) So... Pretty excited. Uh, on the can, it goes on to say, brewed with galaxy hops, providing a balance of peach, passion fruit, and citrus flavors. Uh, it even gives us the SRM, which is 3.3, and um, says, unfiltered, unpasteurized, keep refrigerated, taste our awesomeness. Uh, as we are talking about the can, the front of the can, uh, since I was reading the back I'll flip it around here and describe it for you it is a wizard's hat with kind of like a ribbon wrapped around it that says wizard mm-hmm. treats on it the hat is full of hops um there are even some haps popping out of the ribbon area and it kind of looks like um what's his name magellan not magellan uh merlin from the sword in the stone merlin, merlin yes <laughs> merlin magellan, <hat>. magellan. <laughs> I'm Magellan. I'm chilling. I'm chilling like Magellan. I think, I think you're thinking of Eureka's Castle, yes. that old Nickelodeon. Yes, that too. <laughs> Her hat looked like this too. She was a wizard, and Magellan was the dragon on there. He was the dragon. <laughs> I yep. think that's how I got him mixed up. Right. Um, it is a flat, flat can color, uh, like a flat black, flat white, flat blue. Uh, pretty standard. Uh, beer brewing companies logos uh, instead of like a solid color all the way around like they do normally have for their staples this just has like a, a white background with uh, uh, something on there and you'll see from another another beer that they have been going for their seasonals they've been going more colorful uh, my effects oh yeah trying to change this up. Out. <laughs> yeah so this one was i also picked this one because of the how colorful link's awakening was and this one is also kind of like that mm-hmm. yeah, but for, for sure. this one yeah everything that you need to know is on the side and then you have like that the nice little uh the hat in the middle so it's a it's a pretty basic can but it gets a point across but the treats i think i didn't know wizards liked hops so that's like their treats I guess. I thought they're collecting hops. I just that doesn't make sense. <clears throat> the description doesn't make sense. Uh the three point three SRM, do we agree? That'd be somewhere between Harry's snitch and 
the scorpion. I always agree with the hairy snitch. I think that's where I would have put it too. It's pretty <laughs> yeah. like milky, light yellowish color. Yeah, I don't know yeah, if it's... I would put it ex- like on scorpion. I would put it between two and three more so than I would put it between three and four. Because mine seems yeah. lighter, and it could just be the lighting that I have. Because um, Saf's is a little bit darker than mine. Uh, but it still seems, you know, milky, <clears throat> like you said. Yours is yours is all blurred out. It is. <laughs> it's very <laughs> offensive, so you have to blur it out. <laughs> it's like <laughs> he's holding up a can of paste. <laughs> <laughs> I got to blur it out. <laughs> Whoops, I picked up the wrong one. <laughs> so I think we can go with the snitch on this one. Uh, Harry's snitch. Yeah. You're, you're a wizard. wizard <laughs> oh, he is a wizard. <laughs> oh, you're a wizard. <laughs> I just got it. Ha ha ha. Funny. <laughs> Let's uh, do some sniff testing. Uh, not much there. I'll be frank. Yeah, the can, I got a lot of the hops, but the glass, I'm not getting a ton. Yeah, the the can is very fl- uh, florally, um, very, very hop forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, the glass... If glass could smell like something, this was what that glass would smell like. It doesn't really give me anything. Even when I wafted it. <laughs> yeah, there's not. It's it's very light yeah. on the nose. Well, if it's light on the nose, it better have some flavor on the tongue. So here we go. It's got a really good up front. Yeah. Uh, kind of that wheat, but mm-hmm. also almost IPA-ish. Right, because it's kind of like a hmm. citrusy wheat. Mm-hmm. Like you close your eyes and be like, oh, is this blue moon? Is this blue moon? Is this blue moon? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it, I mean, it's, it's hoppier than that. Uh, definitely not too bitter though. The 22 mm-hmm, that's is nice. pretty, yeah, it's pretty nice. I've had a few hopped up like uh, wheats and this is pretty close to what I remember those tasting like. All right. Pale. Do your thing. I'll start with the, like the rankings. There's a, uh... 204 total check-ins, 177 ratings, a 3.7 average. Scott B. said, Thought I'd bought the wizard tiers, but this was a nice accident. Did Dustin give it a three and a half? Yeah. (laughs) Scott pulled a Dustin. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't see Dustin. I I don't have any friends that checked in. Yeah, I didn't check it in. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, we didn't have any friends, but... I don't think Pale was on when we were discussing that earlier, oh, yeah. so I don't think yeah, he got it. Dustin thought he got Wizard Tears, and he, oh, it's Wizard <laughs> Treats, and that's exactly what you just yeah, read. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, yeah oh, this, is, this is exactly what happened. I thought I did get Wizard Tears, because I didn't grab the beer yet, and I was writing down what the beer was, and I wrote up the entire description <laughs> for Wizard Tears. <laughs> I was like, sorry, Dustin, i got to erase all this, because that's a different beer. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. We have Alan H. here says, Weedy and refreshing with a little lemon. Good. He gave it a 350. Yeah, he might be wrong on the... He had it he on might draft. be wrong on the, the type of citrus this is, but I pretty much agree that it is weedy with some citrus flavor. I don't know who's right. Orange or is lemon. Rob C. <laughs> said, smooth with slight hop finish. Gave it a three and a quarter. Drew R. says, really smooth. Gave it 3.75. Thanks, Drew, for your insight. There were a couple low rankings yeah. I saw. Not 
some twos that like popped rarely up. anybody said anything. It seems kind of middle of the road. Some three fifties around the three range. Yeah, Crystal T said easy drinking, only slightly hoppy. Give it a four and a half. I can't find anybody saying anything. Jeez, I, I see some fives, four and a halves. Oh, there's a one and a half, but no write up. Tastes like summer, says Sarah. It does. Yeah, totally a good summer beer. I mean, I did buy this in May. It was leading up to summer. Well, Dusty agrees. Not Dustin, oh. but Dusty S came in and said, Boat beers, boys. So he must be on a boat. I didn't know boat. children could drink. <laughs> I thought you said dusty ass. I dusty ass. All right. Well, since there's not a whole lot of people checking or writing stuff down, I checked it in without writing anything down. Yay. Yeah. Power to the people. Follow yeah, the go crowd. Dustin. Yeah. So I, I went ahead and checked this in at 375. Uh, it is, I think it's, it is fairly tasty. Uh, there, there's good notes of, uh, like a wheat, like a, like an orange wheat, almost like drinking a blue moon. Uh, this one is hoppy. Uh, so it's kind of breaks it away from drinking a blue moon, which is awesome. Uh, but other than that, there's not a whole lot to it. There's not a whole lot of flavor, uh, mm-hmm. from the can or from like the glass and the, the, the aromas, there's, uh, not a whole lot going on with the taste. Uh, it's a good lawnmower beer. Mm. So that's, see, we should have a category lawnmower I beers. I feel like we talk about lawnmower beers a lot. <laughs> we have a, quite a bit of those. We do. LMBs. Mm-hmm. Yep. LMBs. LMBs. So I agreed with your score and also checked it in at a 375. Uh, I was leaning towards the four, uh, but here's what I said. As far as hoppy wheats go, this one is quite delicious. Great upfront flavor, but the finish is just a little bit of a letdown because it, it kind of just drops off at a point and like leaves you kind of searching for more flavor. Like the upfront flavor is great, and then once that passes, there's just nothing to kind of follow it through. So if there was just like a little follow through, I don't know what they could do to achieve that. Maybe that's just the wheat aspect. And I'm used to, I'm like thinking of IPAs more that have some sort of more follow through, but I think this is a, a very good hoppy wheat beer. I just wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at drink in geek out. You can also check out our show notes and other fun stuff on our website, drinkingeekout.com. You can also email us any comments or suggestions at drinkingeekout at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also have a Patreon where you can get some fun bonus content. Find us there at patreon.com backslash drinkingeekout. And now, back to the show. All right, starting with a link to the past, since that game came out first the story is officially set many years before the events of the first two zelda games the player assumes the role of link as he journeys to save hyrule defeat the demon king ganon and rescue the descendants of the seven sages it returns to a top-down perspective similar to the original zelda uh, dropping the side-scrolling gameplay of Zelda 2, The Adventures of Link, and it introduces a series of staples such as parallel worlds 
and items, including the Master Sword. Master Sword. I think this is probably one of the first Zelda games I played. Maybe the first. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same, for sure. same. It is for a lot of people. Yeah. In our age group. And yeah. up until <laughs> recently, it had been the only Zelda game that I had completed. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Until Breath of the... Yep. A wild. Filed. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to shorten the title, but so I left off one word. Yeah. And then most recently, <laughs> Link's Awakening. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. So th- I think like I, w- I was telling my wife a couple weeks ago when I was a kid playing games like this, I felt like I had unlimited time to be able to sit down and mm-hmm. work out these puzzles and uh, trial and error. Now, because I have limited time, I get frustrated with puzzles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do too. Yeah. And you didn't have the internet to go to like, how do yeah. I complete this, this dungeon exactly. or whatever? It's like, no, either you had a friend that could help you or you just kept trying. Yeah. Or you asked for the strategy guide if they yeah. made those. <laughs> it's like back <laughs> the when those came strategy out. guides. I mean, I did, <laughs> like, I did have that for, get that for me. I had that for final fantasy seven and 10. Yeah. I remember that was awesome. Uh, but I guess that market's dead now because you can just look online yeah. and get you all the answers. walkthroughs or whatever. Well, yeah. Didn't uh, Nintendo Power helped out with that too? I think yeah, they their, would do their like, magazine. They would show the maps and stuff, mm-hmm. and that was very helpful. And I think they had a phone line you could call and <laughs> and get help from. Yes, and they did. People would like flip through a notebook and be like, "Oh, you're here. Here's how you get through it." Yeah, but uh, I probably it was like a dollar a minute or something <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. I imagine <laughs> now, now all the, all you have to do is if you get stuck, you flip on. Austin John plays, and yeah, you, just go to YouTube. And you watch and... him mm-hmm. do the dungeon. You're like, ah, mm-hmm. that's what I, that's what I, I missed. And you stop it, and you go, and you, and you continue to do. I did that a few oh, times recently. I used yep. to go to IGN walkthroughs or whatever, and yep. get to the point where I'm stuck, and like, okay, now here's what I need to do. Okay, I wouldn't go through like the whole thing. It was just like, if I'm stuck, I, need, I would just, just the one it. part. Yeah, yeah. Also, all the time. I also did that so I can see. Uh, I type in like what Link's Awakening walkthrough or Breath of the Wild walkthrough and kind of be like, all right, this is where how far in the game I've completed. <laughs> this is where it's I a, am. Like a, it's like a mile marker. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a set up milestones for you. Uh, but this game, I didn't have that. And I found it very enjoyable when I was a child. And I don't know why I didn't continue playing these games. Uh, outside of this, because it was not until Skyward Sword came out for the Weeb that I picked up another mm-hmm. Zelda game. And I, this one sets up basically everything that they continue in the series starts with this game. Like a lot of the music comes from yeah. this game. Mm-hmm. A lot of like the Seven Sages continue. Ganon, uh, he was in an earlier game, but like they kind of set up his story more. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, as this said, like the parallel worlds, there's a lot of that that reoccurs, and it's uh, that's why this one's one of my favorites. Kakariku Village, I think, is starts in this game mm-hmm. and continues in like almost every game. Yeah, the ma- I think this is the was there a Master Sword in the first Zelda game? Yes. Oh no, no, no. So I think this it was, was like the... a White Sword or whatever, yeah. and then this is mm-hmm. where they finally call mm-hmm. it the Master Sword. Yeah. So yeah, the introduction of the Master Sword was in this one. Um, yeah, it's just, it's Ocarina, yeah. I think originated in this game. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and I think the graphics still hold up. Yeah. I just played it the other day or yeah, two days ago. 
or last week and a couple of days ago. Um, I don't remember. I've been playing a lot of uh, other games, but I just port on the the Switch port, and they didn't do anything upgrade graphics for it, and it still mm. looked pretty good. Like that, the 16-bit graphics, like is, I think it holds up because people are still making games like that, like on iPhones and stuff, like it's retro game, yeah. like new games are made with that pixel art, yeah. and so I think it kind of keeps it relevant. Maybe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they're easy to develop nowadays, and it's still aesthetically pleasing enough that people will want to play it. Well, a little bit, uh, just, I'm not going to read all of this, but this first part to kind of introduce the story for those mm, of good. people that don't know. I mean, there's a good intro paragraph here. It says, A Link to the Past is a distant prequel to the original Legend of Zelda and Zelda 2. With the official chrono- chronology is the first game in the defeated hero timeline that connects oh, it we to... we talked a lot about the timelines in oh, the yeah. one episode Yes, we did. Zelda, we did. So look up that episode. (laughs) Whatever. I don't remember the number of it now. So it connects to an alternate reality scenario that the hero of time does not succeed in the Ocarina of Time. So this results in Ganon being imprisoned in the sacred realm in his dark beast form out of desperation. So having successfully gathered all three pieces of the Triforce, Ganon's evil desires have transformed the realm into the dark world. So it kind of sets it up on the stage of the Zelda timeline because it all stems from Ocarina, of course. The three scenarios of the the hero that wins, the hero that's defeated, and what's the third branch off of that? Um, I don't remember now. Or is that Majora's? It's, like, it's Majora's where he's sent back, right? And then yeah, there's like Adult Link life. and Young Link splits off, and then the yeah. one, then it's also like one of them he prevails and one of them he's defeated. <laughs> Yeah, one of the my the most memorable things is like the dark world and how like you beat the first 3 dungeons or something and, you're, and you feel like you've beat the game at this point and then you get the ability to go to the dark world and you're like that little pink bunny at the start of that until you get like the little bracelet or whatever that makes you link but that just opens up the game and there's now there's like seven more dungeons that you have to go to and you're mm-hmm. like holy shit i thought i was done <laughs> now like there's this whole new world to explore and you kind of like i like how they ju- you can jump back and forth between those worlds and kind of like manipulate things and i, don't know, I think th- that's one thing that zelda does well and that carries through a lot of these games yeah it's sad that breath of the wild doesn't do that but maybe breath of the wild 2 We'll have a, uh-huh. like a like a jump back and forth type scenario. I think it is between Skyworld and Hyrule Land. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there'll definitely be a jump back and forth between there. But speaking of Breath of the Wild, I'm glad you uh, brought that up. Because at the beginning of this game, um, this is an interesting note that we see Link. He's the last descendant of the Knights of Hyrule. And in Breath of the Wild, oh, right. he's, you know, the, the knight. First or yeah, yeah the, the best knight of them all. So it's kind of neat how this kind of stems from that as well. We get a little bit of taste of um, Link's family too. So living with his uncle here and the whole thing. Yeah, his uncle, and then he has to go like borrow his sword and shield mm-hmm. to save Zelda like right at the beginning of that game. He didn't even give a shit about his uncle. He's like, <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't just go, go in my stead. And he's like peace <laughs> well that was you as the player doing that i stayed there and said a prayer and i mourned <laughs> when i was playing I stabbed the, the sword into the ground bowed my head <laughs> took my cap off. 
<laughs> with 16-bit graphics. You know, you're right. That's all me. Because <laughs> Link is technically you. He's just the avatar. I'm, he never speaks. I'm I'm having a real breakthrough here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real therapy moment. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm trying to remember any speci- uh I remember uh, struggling with Death Mountain. I would always get lost in that area mm. of the because there's like boulders that block your path, and you have to like come back when you have you know this power gloves or whatever to move through, and then. There's a lot of switching back and forth there to get through because the caves only exist in one dark world or light world. So, like, you have to keep switching back and forth to find the right path. I remember that being difficult for me without a mm-hmm. guide. Yeah, I remember one of the things, too, uh, the getting to, like, the road to the dungeon and doing the said dungeons were always way more difficult than the actual monster yeah um the the one that you see the most like the more frequent the 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 what the floating guy with the 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 uh, it's like a snake but it's like a big ball head and then a smaller ball and then a small small balls yes that's what i was thinking That, that, that one's a reoccurring mob in in this game or the boss in the game and uh it throughout it's not even like a final boss it's like just in the level sometimes. Yeah, with those, with the smaller ones. But there's one dungeon where that's the main, like the main guy of one of the dungeons. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you get, go up the tower and get to fight him and, or he'll knock you through the floor. <laughs> and, you to, and you have to climb back up. Climb, yeah, back that, up. that's the one I remember having to struggle yeah. with. Because then you have to like kind of start over again yeah. and get, get your bearings again. Yeah, but if you like solve that one properly, it's only what, five hits? Yeah. Yeah. So like doing, doing the road to get to these dungeons, finding the dungeons and doing the dungeons themselves were way harder than the monster f- for what I remember. I think I killed the, the, um, the, 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 the priest, uh, sorry, the wizard mm-hmm. with a, with mm. a bow and arrow. Yeah. GG's. If you have all four, not buckets, uh, jars or whatever they're called, yeah. and collect the fairies before you go into those fights. That's what I would always mm-hmm. do. And then, so you basically have four life bars. <laughs> as soon as you die, the fairy would revive you and fill it up. Yeah. Now that it only gives you like three hearts or whatever, which is annoying. It's like go back to how it used to fill my whole life bar when you yeah use a fairy exactly because <laughs> that that's my style of play. I think you and I play the same way. Um, and these Zelda game staff, we're oh, offense first and just, you know, fuck defense. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to stab you and keep slashing. Exactly. And take my life. I don't care. I got enough of it saved up. That's why I came to this moment. I'm not going to learn how to use the There's shield. There's no strategy you know. involved. I'm just going to throw everything I have exactly. at you. <laughs> Whatever works, works. I would always get so nervous going into those fights, too. Like, I'd have to make sure Ex- I had yep. full hearts and then all my power or like, Jars full over prepare. I had thing laid out, and I get yes. the fight. And I'm like, well, that kind of sucked. That was too easy because I over prepared it, <laughs> and not like just go in guns a blazing with three hearts and be like, woo, let's do this. I think I got a little anxiety uh, when I had any type of damage done to me because I always liked having the uh, the extra power from the master sword. Mm. 
Yeah, because uh, you could go <laughs> and fling that little like, thing I'm in doing, a circle. I'm doing th- and then I'd lose like <laughs> half health. Like, no! I need full health! How do I do it? And then when you get down to one heart, you have that annoying beep, 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 yeah. beep, like the, for the whole time. It's, yeah, it's it's weird, especially in newer games. If you go down to, I think it's a, like a, almost like a third of your remaining hearts is when it starts beeping at you. So mm-hmm. you could have, you know, full 20 hearts and then you're down to six and it's like beeping at you. You're like, what the fuck? It's only six hearts. I'm good. <laughs> I'm fine. Yeah, now I got to Unless turn I'm my going volume off. Up. One of those Lionel guys, whatever the hell they're called. Oh, fucking Lionel. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm glad I've never seen I don't think they're those. in this game, but they might be. No. I don't remember I don't think them. So. I don't remember having to fight them, but also didn't fight them in Breath That's of the Wild. That's true. Avoid those <laughs> bastards. Avoid at all costs. Oh. You mean to tell me I can get all my lightning arrows without fighting the damn thing? I'm in. Then I never will. I do, I do like this uh, little tidbit of information down here as we've been talking about that this is literally one of the greatest video games of all time. Um, it's been ported multiple times uh, throughout the years. First on the Game Boy Advance is a link to the past in Four Swords in 2002. Mm-hmm. And that sold about 6.5 million copies across both those platforms of 2004. And then it was ported to Wii, Wii U, the new 3DS via the Virtual Console, and then, of course, on Switch with uh, Nintendo Switch Online. And it was even put in the Super NES Classic Edition, the little box of the SNES, um, and that came out. So it's just like, it, it's it's crazy that it's been ported so many times. Yeah. So the new generations, which is awesome, is still continuing to play this game because it has so many elements of where it started in all the current Zelda games, you can easily go back to this game, as you said, Saf. Yeah, and get yep. like the backstory. Where it all started. <laughs> These Easter eggs are pretty cool too. Uh, in 1990, Nintendo Power held a contest requiring players to take a photo of the War Mech, a powerful and rare enemy in Final Fantasy. Dustin, did you do that? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, as a prize, one uh of the successful entrance was to be selected at random to appear in an upcoming game, though it was not revealed which game it was going to be. As a result, a hidden room exists containing 45 blue rubies and a greeting from the winner of the contest reading, my name is Chris Houlihan. This is my top secret room. Keep it between us. Okay. And, uh, this room was intended as a crash prevention measure. The game would send pay, pay, send players to the room if it uh, could not determine where Link was going when he goes to another area and has been found through five different methods. There was no wide awareness of this room until the 2000s, more than a decade after the release of A Link to the Past, (laughs) with the increased popularity Mm -hmm. of the internet and uh, the Super NES emulators. People like found coding. But that's crazy. Like, (laughs) yeah, this guy had his name in like one of my favorite games of all time. And he probably didn't notice, know it until like yeah. 10 years ago. <laughs> That's pretty cool. It's crazy. I think I've been to that room. Like looking at pictures right now, that looks very familiar. I've but- definitely seen like gameplay or like YouTube videos of people going to that room, but I don't know if I have. Yeah, I did play it on an emulator. So I feel like that'd be a real easy way to get it to like trick yeah. it into your game will crash or whatever and you'll just end up there. Yeah. So I never finished this game, but I remember, yeah, I should go back. Cause really? I did. 
yeah. to start it over on the Switch because uh, you can play it on the Switch mm-hmm. online if you have a subscription. Mm-hmm. But I remember getting a lot of satisfaction out of just cutting like patches of grass mm-hmm. and yes. some bushes. I don't, I just thought that the the gameplay and the graphics were a little more more advanced at it for its time. I will tell you, it is aggravating to cut the bushes down and Link's Awakening or and uh, Link to the Past after doing it in Link's Awakening because <laughs> you can kill, you can splice multiple yeah down in Link's Awakening and you can't in uh, Link to the Past. It's crazy. Yeah, you can if you do the spin move or if you have the Pegasus boots. Yep. you just run through the whole screen and uh, then hit the tree at the end and it'll that will sometimes shoot out rubies mm-hmm. and items too or bees and mm-hmm. they'll attack you bees 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 but yeah that was my, my favorite item in the game the pegasus boots because you could just explore the world so much faster by yeah do like dashing across the whole screen yeah i like being flown by, around by the chicken <laughs> yes <laughs> Did anybody else grab that? don't fight them though <laughs> they'll kill you yeah. Cook cows. What are they called? Cuckoos? Cuckoos, right? Cuckoo. 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 Saft did so. I'm pretty sure they uh, you went crazy on the explanation mm-hmm. of this game and how you felt while listening to the music. So, yeah. And uh, if uh, anybody listening has any thoughts or memories from this game, shoot them to us on our uh, Instagram or Twitter or whatever at Drink and Geek Out and get the conversation started. Oh my god, the mentions are blowing <laughs> up right now. Oh, oh, good, good job. Hit the <laughs> live button. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Oh, dang. <laughs> Episode's posted already. Dustin's Dustin, editing do? as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> I just upload raw. What do you mean? <laughs> Want to give some brief thought on this beer, and then we'll go on to Link's Awakening? Yeah, we can do that. Uh, it is the Citra Valley... Um, f- hazy IPA from beer as well. This is the bonus beer. Uh, it is only bonus because it's been sitting in my refrigerator and Seth as well since probably early 2021. A year ago. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, we really need to drink this. Um, it comes in at. But I don't want to spend a lot of time on yeah. it because it is a year old. So right. I, I don't know how accurate this is. Right. But uh, 5.3 ABVs, 40 IBUs. This is the Crush 40. Uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog's composer band uh, that makes a lot of their music for their newer Sonic games. Uh, and on top says it's a double dry hopped American hazy IPA focused around citra hops. And I'm uh, damn near to the bottom of mine. And I like it. I'm going to read in the heart of Citra Valley lies a spring. The spring hydrates and flourishes the citra as far as the nose can smell. Each and every delicate citra hop adds notes of citrus, mango, and grapefruit to this chillaxed, hazy IPA. I tried to read it as uh, Keith read the <laughs> intro for this episode. That was good. That was good. 
And it also reminds me of in Breath of the Wild, the intro to when you go into Kakariko yeah, Village. Or the little there's sign like that up there. Overhanging signage. With all the, uh, yeah. There's this nice little animated waterfall or something and hills. It's a very cute game. I like it. Yeah. Uh, they've been doing a lot of this lately. Uh, not to be confused with this can. Uh, like the can on the my left, uh, it's usually like their uh, their staples where they have like the basic label, you know, color with like some design, like their mm-hmm. their Kolsch or their uh, PDG. Uh, a lot of their seasonal beers or their experimental beers come in something like this. It's a lot more colorful. Uh, I am a big fan uh, of this. Especially like how beautiful this is. Uh, we have a cowabunga that's in the refrigerator. Uh, that's pretty good. And then a couple other uh, beers that are like like this super cool design like this. Big fan. And as I finish it, <laughs> might as well talk a little bit about it. Uh, but I'm gonna pull up Untapped real quick. Um, all right, we have 800. Or sorry, 382 total check-ins, 300 even ratings. This is going to change when we check this in uh, for a average of 3.82. Nothing too much on the description. Um, not going to read any anybody else. Uh, I don't have any friends check this in. Does anybody have any friends for this one? Nope. I don't have it open. I just found one I'm, good. Well, I'm currently checking mine in. I found one good one. I'll just read. Oh, go for it. William N. said, light IPA with clean hops and slight floral notes. Girlfriend says, three and a half, needs more haze, drinks more like an all-day IPA, but with too high of an ABV. And he gave this a 275. Too high? It's only like 5. It's, it's point three. a little <laughs> yeah. bit more than a Pilsner. <laughs> Wonder what I don't know what he was thinking. I think it's just just right like not to overuse the l's and b's but this is an l's and b's beer (laughs) (laughs) and unfortunately i'm still probably gonna have to check this in the same as the other beer i was gonna do the same (laughs) it is an l and b l's and b's beer like literally to its core look at that 375 perfect (laughs) (laughs) that's where it was and i was about to hit send in (laughs) Yeah, there's uh, the can. I, the can is. I think these are uh, these are top notch. Like these definitely don't fall in line with the Indiana City where they have right. like a solo hop beer that they do uh, every so often. But Beer Brewery has their own like series of these single hopped beers that they've been doing. They have like a Simcoe one, the Citra Valley that we're drinking here, Centennial City, it, things like that. That they're pretty good and uh, they're worth drinking, and they're all light. And they're like crisp, like this one. They're light and crisp. They're not super like heavy. Yeah. Um. And and the forty IBUs isn't even that off putting. It's yeah. It's like the right amount mm-hmm. for this beer. Yeah. I, so I would have called you a liar if you told me this was forty IBUs after I drank it, right? Without fucking <laughs> right. it up, this it's there's just bad. like a slight bitterness on the back end, yeah. but once the haziness wears off, I think it's, I mean, it's nice and light and easy to drink. Yeah, I can't fault it too much. I mean, it's not the best hazy IPA I've ever had, but it's it's in this category. It's pretty great. Yeah. 
in the category of like <laughs> L's and B's being mm-hmm. able to drink this while while mowing or after mowing. Probably not safe while you're mowing, but after mowing to it's refreshing. It's flavor it's a nice flavor, it's refreshing. I'm I'm content with this. It's not overly crazy, but I think it's good. You know, it's refreshing like an HD remake of Link's Awakening. What? Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So that's what we're talking about. The original came out in 1993. It was an action-adventure game developed and published by Nintendo for the Game Boy. It's the fourth installment of the Legend of Zelda series and the first for a handheld game console. And now it's on a handheld hybrid console. (laughs) I played Uh, it handheld. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's the best Link's Awakening is one of the few Zelda games not to take place in the land of Hyrule. And it does not feature the Princess Zelda or the Triforce Relic, but it's still called The Legend of Zelda. (laughs) Instead of protagonist Link, uh, uh, instead, protagonist Link begins the game stranded on Kowland Island, a place guarded by a whale-like deity called the Windfish. Assuming the role of Link, the player fights monsters and solves puzzles while searching for eight musical instruments that will awaken the sleeping Windfish and allow him to escape the island. He's a sleeping (laughs) boy. (laughs) The game is a dream. Or a girl, because it had lipstick (laughs) on. Um... I thought it was funny, like, while going through the dungeons, I, the the enemies or the darkness would be like, don't wake the fish, it's going to destroy everything. I was like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I don't want to destroy everything. <laughs> That's true. Like, no, nobody in the town wants you to wake the fish because, like, yeah, they're just part of this dreamland. They'll so die. Once you wake the fish, they, they're gone. <laughs> it's like, maybe I don't want to do it. <laughs> I kind of like this. Uh, yeah, so the, the part that I thought was, uh, kind of a letdown was the, the sword, the, the Koho Lint sword that you had to get that assumed the spot mm-hmm. of the Master Sword. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it gave you the wonderful afterwards, <laughs> yeah. but I didn't feel any more powerful with it. Uh, other than the fact that the mobs that took two hits died in one hit and, you know, it scaled up that way. But other than that, I don't know. I felt like it needed a better name. Yeah, yeah. it needed a better name. But I also felt like my boomerang killed things True. faster and easier. Didn't the boomerang just freeze people or is that a different Zelda game? There was, I think you're right. It stunned them. There was some, there were some mobs that some still died would do that it. and some it would kill. Yeah. Like, uh, there's some, there's some mobs where like you hook shot them and then you like shot an arrow at them. Oh, the hook shot. Yeah. Yeah. You can hook shot them and arrow them and then that would kill them. Uh, or you could just double boomerang them and they would die. Like the zombies or, uh, the, the shielded dudes right after the, the ancient, in the ancient ruins, those people, um, which is nice because, mm-hmm. like the the whole idea with them is you'd stun them with the hook shot and you shoot the arrow at them and then they'd give you an arrow as a like a reward as a reward. But so you could use it on the next one. Yeah, but if you just use the boomerang and you get arrows for free, <laughs> you get just keep 
collecting arrows. So one thing I love about this game is the graphic, like the oh. style that they chose for this remake Beautiful. or whatever. It's like, I don't know, plasticky looking, almost like a Toy Story mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. It's a, a style I did not expect, but it just looks beautiful. Kind of like a, a Funko Pop. Yeah, absolutely. There's like a kid's toy, like they're called like little people. And like you can, they just like oh, sit, yeah. mm-hmm. they sit yeah, inside like little trucks and stuff. And it just reminds me of, of that. Like it's kind of like a rectangular, like a rounded rectangular figure. And yeah. that's why everything I just has this sheen to it. Like it, everything's like kind of like shiny and yeah. Yeah. plasticky looking. Yeah, it almost, it almost looked like, but not quite like Legos. Like the yeah, the, yeah. the boys uh, playing catch outside the library looked like they just had the Lego cap on for their head their for their hair as <laughs> like the the bowl cut both of them is like what the fuck <laughs> like that's the reason I got the amiibo because it just it looks like it's straight out of the game yeah <laughs> like, yeah it was perfectly uh, equal in style mm-hmm. yeah. it's like I just pulled it out of the screen and put it on my shelf <laughs> yeah definitely definitely good. Uh, the, one of the things that, uh, I liked about this game that I don't, I don't know, it could, it could be a little bit different than like links, uh, or sorry, uh, the link to the past. Whereas when you first start link to the past, you're very limited to where to go. Like there's guards at the exits mm-hmm. and stuff. And so you're basically funneled to the next place where you need to go for this. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much wide open. Uh, it was with within realms of you know needing your power bracelet, yeah, and everything like that. But it was essentially almost like a castle Castlevania, or almost like the Metroid, where you had to just explore to find things. Exactly, I got lost a few times and had to like look up what am I supposed to be doing because I've just been wandering yep. around for an hour <laughs> and I don't know where to go. Right. It's like, what did I do? Where do I go? Like there's I, the part specifically I remember is like there's a cabin with a ghost in it or something yeah. and I couldn't yep. figure out what I was supposed to do to, to like progress mm-hmm. at that point. Exactly. I, yeah, after you go to the what the animal area and you yeah. do the, the dungeon over there mm-hmm. then you have this ghost fall and you're like, what the f- <laughs> If <laughs> you go to the yeah, phone booth and the phone booth is not fucking helpful, mm-hmm. and you're like, "What?" That was never yeah. helpful. I never figured out what. Oh, so there's like four, yeah. a couple of those phone yeah. areas. There was yeah, the like, old guy know. just said the same information over and over again. <laughs> he was a- he was supposed to keep you on the main quest. I'm pretty sure uh, is what that was. Like you need to go to the east or the, the ancient yeah. ruins. Or yeah, he'll yeah. tell you specifically where to go. What I liked about it was the. Uh, the side quest with the items about trading. Mm-hmm. Oh, you trade, trade this item that, that was to fun. this item. That was fun. I got mostly through it without looking it up, and then I got stuck. Was it the broom? I, I don't know. I got stuck on one yeah, of them, and I had to look it times. up. Yeah, the the broom went to the uh, little mouse lady or whatever, and then she gave you a letter to go to the old man up in the the house outside of the the forest, the mysterious forest. How would I have known that? Yeah. <laughs> just a random character on the other side of the game. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to talk to everybody. The Yeah. The NPCs or whatever they're called. Yeah. You got to talk to the NPCs. The you got to slice every single patch. 
You got to lift every single rock. Mm-hmm. And you got to dig every single spot. <laughs> that, that's the exploration that they, they, as you said, Dustin, they funnel you in. You can kind of yeah. only do so much at so at some point. But that was the original like open world game where you have to go and explore and tap a button on every object in yeah. the fucking <laughs> exactly. game. To, yeah, to get the information. Uh, I thought this was kind of interesting. Development began as an effort to port the uh, game we just talked about, A Link to the Past, to the Game Boy, developed after hours by Nintendo staff. It grew into an original project under the direction of Takashi Tezuka, with the story and script created by Yoshiaki Koizumi and Kensuka Tanabe. The majority of the Link to the Past team reassembled for Link's Awakening and Tezuka wanted the game world to feel more like the television series Twin Peaks. After development period of one and a half years, Link's Awakening was released in 1993 in Japan and worldwide a year later. <laughs> so they were just trying to make a Link to the Past on the Game Boy. And they're like, let's just make our own game. <laughs> like, let's make a new game. Yeah. Why do that? But that's pretty cool that they got the Link to the Past team. They just reassembled. Like, you know, yeah. we had so much fun doing it. Like, yeah, give me what you got and we'll we'll build it from here. So, but I'm with it being on Game Boy, I know it was kind of limited. I honestly had no idea. I had never played this on Game Boy. My brother had the Game Boy. I had the Game yeah, Boy never, Pocket. I never played this one. But I never played it, so I'm so glad that they brought it back to Switch mm-hmm. and to really update the graphics because it really is it's it's a great standalone story. It didn't have any Zelda like feels, obviously, right. but it was still fun. It I was wonder, a quick and easy game. This was the first Zelda game released after Breath of the Wild, and Breath of the Wild brought in a whole new audience. Mm-hmm. I wonder if those people picked up this game and were like way confused on yes. <laughs> like they're expecting more Breath of the Wild and then like this game is like completely something different. Yeah. Like, blast from the past. Like if they're so lost and confused and are pissed off or whatever. <laughs> yes. Like some kids out there that aren't familiar with Legend of the Zelda. They're like, oh, exactly. another Zelda game. More, I want to play more Breath of the Wild. Oh, more like, of the same? <laughs> <laughs> nope. I mean, hopefully based on the box art, you would realize this is not going to be Yeah, clearly not the, the same. same. Thing. Got to get ready for Hyrule Warriors, my friends. <laughs> Pick the wrong game. Yeah. Oh, that might have come out in between. I can't remember which came out first. I think Hyrule Warriors after everything. Yeah, this is 2019. This one came out. Yeah. Yeah, and Hyrule Warriors just came out in 2020. Mm-hmm. Well, Hyrule so it Warriors was in between, too. yeah. Yeah, Hyrule Warriors was in 2014. Age of Calamity came out in 2020. Yeah. And then um, in 1998... To promote the launch of the Game Boy Color, Nintendo re-released Link's Awakening uh, Link's, as Link's Awakening DX, and it featured the colorized graphics and backwards compatibility with the original Game Boy. And then this contained the new optional dungeon with unique enemies and puzzles. Uh, this is the dungeon, the red and blue dungeon where you have to keep hitting all the switches 
Mm-hmm. That was new in the Game Boy Color version, and then they at, brought that along to the, the Switch version. Yep, which is pretty cool. Uh, the DX version also allowed players to take pic- take photos. After the player visits a camera shop, its owner will appear in certain locations throughout the game. A total of 12 photos can be taken, which you could print with the Game Boy printer accessory. Yes. What a waste. <laughs> <laughs> right? However, I think this uh, was a precursor to the photo thing with your slate. and Breath of Right. Love. Yeah, that's true. And then lastly, the only other thing I wanted to read was Dompe's Shack. Who, which houses... uh, did you do any of Dompe's Shack? I did a few. I was going to continue mm-hmm. that, but then I mentioned to you guys that my game was erased, and yeah. now I have to start over. <laughs> I only uh, did one. I built my own, and then I did it. I didn't do any of his adventures. I didn't do any of his challenges. I was like, is one shell worth doing all this yeah. shit for? I was like, mm-hmm. I got the Master Sword after 40. What the fuck do I need to do the rest of them for? Like, I thought we could create dungeons and share them with each other or something. So I was going to go back and try that once because we all had the game. Oh, but yeah. Then mm-hmm. it got deleted and I was like, well, I never got back to doing it. But uh, I think I only had so like 20 the, hours play. So I think you can catch up. But Yeah. I have seven games I haven't played. I haven't even opened it yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. uh, so the, the chamber dungeon came after Miyamoto inquired with somebody if there was any way to implement like the Super Mario Maker like gameplay for the Legend of Zelda series, uh, feeling that simply allowing players to create their own dungeon would be too difficult. Instead, introduced this chamber dungeon as a way of letting players rearrange dungeons and uh, like make their own goals and stuff. But I I do wish they would make a Legend of Zelda Maker, yeah, like the Mario Maker series. I think that because mm-hmm. Mario levels that people come up with are crazy. So I can only imagine what kind of dungeons they could come up with if they were oh, left yeah. to their own devices. Right, you'd have to pretty much make the assumption like you, you like aside from making the the maker, you would also have to say here's what items default to your inventory at yeah. this part in the you know in this. Because in, in Mario, like, you have everything that Mario can do in every dungeon's, you know, platformer. And then you can mm-hmm. get everything that you need throughout the the dungeon itself. A lot of it's just jumping. But for, like, Zelda, some of the parts of the, the uh, some of the gameplay in the dungeons required you have a bow or requires you to have some bombs or, you know, things like that. The hook shot or the bow and arrow or the boomerang aren't gonna trigger an eyeball yeah. in a statue. Uh, no, those things are going to feed the little bomber boom dudes that you know give you a key at the end of it. How are you gonna mm-hmm. fence the dungeon if you don't have any bombs? Exactly. So, and they have in the Mario version, they you have to beat the level before you can publish it. So it has to be something that's doable before right. you send it out to the public. So they would have to implement something like that. And like, uh, people are good about like setting up. You need to be big Mario in this section. They set up a mushroom or whatever. Oh yeah. So you can have all the materials you need. But people are good about making puzzles in Mario mm-hmm. game, and that's not even a puzzly game. So like. I can't imagine. This game would be 
incredible. Yeah, I, I think people are so creative. Yeah, I don't really care too much for a Super Mario Maker, but I would definitely buy a Legend of Zelda Maker. You better believe it. I don't think it'll ever happen, but it would be cool. Right. Yeah. Well, this could be the start of it. You never know. <laughs> yeah. If I don't know how, if that chamber people really got a kick out of that, maybe they'll do more of that in the future at least. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I think that the gameplay for this game, uh, speaking of dungeons, I felt like the, the dungeons themselves were pretty complicated and I enjoyed them quite a bit. Yeah. But being based on a Game Boy game, yeah. it was very shocking how intricate some of them were and pale even got stuck at a few points you did that really (laughs) derailed me like fighting those guys like at the wrong order (laughs) yeah you got to kill the bat before you kill the little bouncy guy and before you kill the other guy Mm -hmm. Um, it was like bat and then bat and then like the little blowing rabbit dude (laughs) oh i can't remember but yeah, sometimes, I had to look it up. Sometimes it, if you didn't clear the room, you never got what was in the room. But sometimes the thing didn't spawn unless you stood right the fuck on top of it. Like mm-hmm, that green mm-hmm. little blobby dude. It's like, I had yeah. to clear the- You have yeah. to like walk to that corner in order to like wake him up or whatever. Yeah. So <laughs> I think like what my point is, like the, the dungeon like crawl was awesome. But I felt like some of the, even though probably because I've seen all the bosses before. Some of the bosses were a letdown, but yeah. I think that's. Yeah. I think that the they did it right in Breath of the Wild with the shrines because the shrines you didn't have bosses, you had puzzles, mm-hmm. and then you were or test of strength. Yeah, the test of strength. Yeah, and, um, I that was technically yeah right, yeah. and that was only yeah. some of them. Uh, mm-hmm. So you got the the fun small little puzzle thing to do to mm-hmm. get your spirit orb to get your your heart thing. yeah they kind of broke out of the mold where every dungeon has to be this way yeah. you do all these puzzles you collect the key you go fight the boss and yeah. now they're they kind of got past that yeah and it's good because the every single one of these these dungeon bosses uh i think aside from the i really like the blobby eyeball thing they have to like it's like a bunch of balls that you have to keep killing. I oh, think. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that one. It's like a series of balls. <laughs> <laughs> there was one that had an arm in the middle. He was like a big snake dude. He had like arms in the middle, and he would like swing at you, and then his head would come at you, and you have to like attack his neck. <laughs> or he'd, or you yes. hook him, hook shot him, yeah. and you pull him out. Pull his head yeah. out, and then, yeah. then kill That one I thought was come the hardest. Come in his neck. I thought that was really uh, tricky. Uh, the end boss is a joke. I don't even know. But it's been two years since I played the game. Yeah, Darkness. Uh, basically, you, you go into the egg. And don't you have to fight all the old bosses Essentially, again? yeah. There's five bosses. Uh, they're not all of them. They're just five specific ones. Uh, so you you do your little left, right, left, right, up, down, left, right. Starts to like whatever bullshit you have to do to get <laughs> yes. Your contract code. <laughs> your code. You go. Your economy, then, code. economy code. And then you do yeah. it and you get you jump into the hole and then you fight the your darkness. Essentially, you find out that instead of fighting the fish that's implanted on the ground, you fight the darkness that's been inside you this entire time. Whoa! <laughs> it's, it, you're fighting your nightmares. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much. And yeah, you just fight five 
my, uh, five mini bosses, and only two of those five mini bosses are mini bosses you've done before. And so, it, you know, it was a little tricky trying to figure out what to do, but pretty clear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As soon as you figured it out, it was like, oh, this person only takes damage from charged up swing attacks. Okay, cool. And the next boss only took damage from charged up swing attacks. You're like, you almost got me. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then the final one was just he had an open eyeball and you got to like throw your arrows at him. Oh, yeah. You have to. It's always arrows. Yeah. Or boomerangs. Like I said, boomerang was the best weapon in the game. Yeah, because mm. it's the arrows that never run out. Yeah. So, like, I looked up, like, how to get to the little devil and every single little, little devil location so I can upgrade my bombs, my magic powder, mm-hmm. my arrows yep. before I went and go to, to get them. And I didn't use any of them. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even need I had all my, yep. I had all my jars filled. Didn't need them. Like what is this game? <laughs> it's like it's there if you want it, but yeah. find your own path. Yeah, there's a lot of that. But I mean, that I guess that my I guess my main gripe is bosses were easy. The dungeons, however, were really tricky. They were fun, but I think they were tricky. And probably yeah. the better part I of think the game. Maybe that's why the bosses were easy cuz like you did all this work now right. this is like your little reward. Beat up this guy for a few minutes and then get your heart and get on with yeah, your day. Get your heart, get your uh, equipment piece, and then get on with your yeah. day. Um, the two-dimensional switch or the side-scroller switch. What did you guys think about that? That was pretty cool. When you went down yeah. underground, yeah. down the ladders, you mean, and it, you go you from... like yeah. stump on the Goombas. Yeah. The Goombas, yeah. The Mario references are pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I like the, the Bow Wow segment of the game where you yeah. have to like return him to his home yes and then like he like attacks enemies <laughs> that's so cool i did not want to get rid of him i know <laughs> i wanted to stay with me forever t- he sniffed out all the seashells yeah <laughs> it's perfect yeah and then i i didn't get enough of the because you, you give them to like the octopus to uh collect items or something yeah like there's that. a seashell remember. mansion and you you step on a plate and you throw them into this collection bin yeah. And then after so many, you get like a, a reward. That's right. Uh, 40 of them give you the sword and there's 50 in the game. So after I got that, I was like, what the fuck do I need the other 10 pieces? What do I need the other 10? You get a chamber chamber piece. But I was like, I'm never going to I'm never mm. going to do this. Yeah, that's what I meant to go back and do. And I never got around to it. Yeah, I think I might jump back into this game to specifically work on 100 percenting this. I think I was like four hearts shy of being full two bars and uh, seven seashells away from completing it 100% and then doing the chamber stuff I didn't mm-hmm. do. All that stuff. Yeah. I got to learn how to fish. I didn't do that shit. I did the one. <laughs> oh, that was kind of fun. I, yeah, I, that, right. I got the that one. That was a little difficult for me. I never looked back. Yeah, I did. That's how I got one of the bottles. Yeah, that's what. I, yeah, yeah. I, but that was a pain in the that ass. Fucking bottle still at the bottom of the goddamn thing. <laughs> because every every time that you hook the bottle, a goddamn fish chases at fish. it. Fish. Yes, it shows up right there. So I wasted a lot of rupees getting that. So, so the I think the strategy I haven't tried this is you try to fish and you try to catch all those fish, but you let them break the line. 
And so they go <laughs> off the screen. The, yeah. And then all you do is you cast and you hook that bottle. Like, there's no fucking fish on the screen. I wasted 50 I thought, rupees. Whoop, 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 whoop. I thought that too. I got rid of a lot of the fish, but new bigger fish just came in. Be oh, like, I'm going to fuck your shit up. Damn and it. I'm like, gosh, damn it. Well, good thing I didn't try because I would have been really mad. I tried that strategy and it did not. Then you have to go mow the grass again and get more rubies. Yep. Or, or uh, at this point in the game, you should be down like to the discounted, uh, trendy game that you can just go and grab the free rubies. Mm. Yeah, done that too. That yeah, forgot about that. And pale, did you uh, did you ever finish the game or? No. no, I stopped at like chapter four. Chapter, um, chapter four. Yeah, I think I don't know Which why. Was? I don't know. I think I was just like struggling a little bit more than I thought I was going to. <laughs> There's a lot more puzzling uh-huh. yeah. involved than Breath of the Wild, and I think it was like Dustin was mentioning the tr- the dungeons are pretty tricky, and I just got sidetracked with something, and I never went back. And I'm like, I know I'm running out of time here. Like we're gonna do an episode soon, and. But the year's almost over. <laughs> yeah, the year's over. We're like November now, and we're going to be recording <laughs> soon, and I'm probably not going to be able to finish it. So so chapter four either means Bottle Grotto, or if he doesn't mean any of the side quests, the Angler's Tunnel. Mm. So you're not very far then. No. Yeah. Uh, well, you got through the... Did you get to the color dungeon where you had to flip all the red and... The blue switches. That yeah, that one. That one was my least favorite. Ugh. That one I had a hard time because I, I had to look up like what which switch do I switch exactly. Like, I I went up and down this three. It's like three or four floors, and I kept getting stuck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which color did you guys go with? Uh, blue or red? It depended on the day. <laughs> oh, really? You switched? <laughs> <laughs> I had to switch. Them. I always went blue. I went defense the entire time. I didn't go. I didn't go <laughs> offense at all. Uh, I went offense. Shocker! I, I went. I, I got there. I don't. You didn't. You didn't choose a color. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, just, I like my green. I'm good. I said fuck it. I like green. Yeah. <laughs> Shove them up your ass. Yeah, I think the hardest part of that was uh, not really hard, but when you got the code to do the tombstones, I always fucked them up. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I tried pushing the wrong tombstone. I was like, "What?" <laughs> but yeah, no, I thought that was pretty good. Um, but oh, I was thinking of a different game. The Spirit Tracks game, you have to like memorize these songs and play them along with people. Mm. Oh, because you have like an instrument, and I, I couldn't remember them. <laughs> like, and I would always fail them and have to redo them. So there's a lot of that in these these games too. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I literally found out how to do the horse uh, piece from chess, like after like my sixth dungeon that had the fucking things in them, or the the sixth time that you saw those horse pieces. I don't even remember horse pieces. Uh, it's like in chess where you had the horse piece and you had to throw the black one and the white one onto trigger pads. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Open doors. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I had to look that yeah. up. That pissed me yeah. off. Yeah, I did too. I was always <laughs> I, I I had no idea so I thought bouncing them off the wall would do it. No. Yeah. It moves like I spent like it hours moves doing like that. chess. <laughs> However, it's up 3 over 1. 
instead of up two over one. But, you know. I didn't realize there were chess pieces because I never played chess. I was just like, yeah. what, what the fuck do I do with these horses now? I have to look this up. Because I spent hours like trying to ricochet that uh-huh. Same. Waste all my goddamn bombs and everything else on them. Right. That's what I thought when I did Dampy's cha- uh, chambers. I was like, I'm wasting all my fucking materials while I'm in here. <laughs> right. But once I came out, I got them all back. I was like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah I was going to say, you have to have it separated from the rest of the game because it's like not really even part of the game. Yeah. It's its own little area invented for just this remake. But overall, I recommend this game. I wouldn't, I say it's not like a $60. It shouldn't have been no, $60. No, it's definitely a $30. It should have been $30 at most. Yeah. But. It's definitely a fun game. Whatever the Game Boy game cost at the time it was released is what this game should cost now. Yeah. And I don't think they were ever $60. No, I think like NES games were like 50 and then SNES it was all it all hovered around 50 bucks. I feel like Game Boy games were all like Yeah, those were 30 bucks at most. At most. Yeah. I remember seeing them on sale for 20 bucks and that was like Oh shit, Mario yeah. and the six gold coins or and <laughs> yeah. I never did buy that game. I always borrowed it from people. I got that game. But yeah, I definitely recommend people playing this game if they haven't. And I, I would play Link to the Past first. I prefer that game, but this game is also awesome. I I love I'm glad they re released it because yeah. it definitely was one that was lost to me. Right. I think if you just have if you just have a Switch and you have and you don't have online access, you don't do the online network subscription, pick this one up. If you don't have Breath of the Wild, pick that one up and play Breath of the Wild. Right. I definitely recommend that <laughs> first. But, yeah, that's but, top choice. But if you're looking This is a nice little trick. Yeah, if you're looking for games to play after playing Breath of the Wild, this is on the list for sure. Yeah. If you want like a throwback vibe to like the origins of this series, mm-hmm. this is definitely one I would suggest. I think uh, Nintendo's long overdue. I know it was on Wii U, apparently, but there needs to be Game Boy Classic on the Nintendo Online. Yeah. Um, Game Boy Color Classic and start bringing back some of these original ones. Because I'd love to play this game in its original format. I'd love to go back and try it out Mm -hmm. with the green screen or the color screen. I think it was on, well, the DX version. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I heard that they were going to come out with a Game Boy that was the, the rumor, rumor yeah, and it ended up being N64. And then they announced Sega. And Sega, yeah. <laughs> I mean, people are still writing about having Pokemon Red and Blue and shit uh, show up on the Switch soon. You would think soon. the Switch is handheld. Why not? Game Boy yeah. seems like obvious yeah. to put those games on there. They're just trying to milk it for all it's worth and keep this system going five years later. Yeah. Which they're doing a yeah. fine job. You're just missing out on all this. You could make uh, the Switch online $20 a month. Yeah, you would think they'd figure this out because they're redoing all these Wii U games because nobody bought a Wii U. Nobody bought the Wii U. Dustin bought one. but (laughs) Dustin. um, My brother bought one too, but that's one I just passed on. I'm like, no, this doesn't seem worth it. So they kind of realized it was a flop. So now they're re-releasing everything Mm -hmm. on Switch. I'm like... Why would you not do this? Bring the Game Boy emulator over. But it seems like the one thing people praised about the Wii U was the virtual exactly. console yeah. aspect where you could go back and buy literally every mm-hmm. game. <laughs> and that so they have them um, available and they could just port them over, but they don't. Missing out. 
All right, we should wrap this episode up. We're getting into the hour 30 mark. Marks are mean. But yeah, definitely check it out. Yep, for sure. Yep. If you got a Switch, you can play both of these games that we've talked about today. And there and I know Keith mentioned there's like seven ways to play a link oh to the my past. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely go back and check that out. Um, but until next time, drink up, link up, and geek, oh, geek out. out, geek out, and wake up the windfish. <laughs>